0: Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Moran. And today, I welcome Bridget Weston to our podcast. Bridget is the CEO of Score. And she and her team, which I'm sure many of you listeners are familiar with, work with over 250 SCORE chapters around the country and have over 10,000 volunteers helping business owners. And since 1964, 57 years ago, SCORE has helped 11 million business owners start, grow and troubleshoot their business. Uh, They provide free mentoring, workshops, educational services to a thousand communities nationwide. And in 2020 alone, Score helped create 45,000 new businesses and created 75,000 non-owner jobs. That's a nice introduction. So, with that, thank
1: you, Brian. (laughs) I want to welcome
0: Bridget Weston to Score, to to our Small Business Edge podcast.
1: It is such a pleasure to be here with you, and it is a lovely introduction. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) That's winning. You have done a heck of a job, Bridget. And I'm proud to say I probably I think you've been at score for what, 10 years? I think I've a known little you over 10 years. years. Yes. Yeah. And that's how long. Almost 10 years that I've had my company. Wow. So there you go. We kind of cut our teeth together.
1: You have helped SCORE and and me personally in so many ways as we've grown and developed and learning from you and and leaning on you for some guidance has been invaluable. So I really appreciate it.
0: Well, we got at least 20 or 30 more years. So we're going to do a lot more. We'll do podcasts. We'll do webinars, webcasts. I love doing webinars for SCORE. You have probably one of the greatest list of of speakers and experts who do your webinars. And uh, I've listened to a bunch of them. So, uh, you know, definitely I'll, I'll put that on the resource page of the podcast. Uh, so where people can go and, and either sign up for them or you keep them in archives, right?
1: Yes, we do. And you and can go to score.org and find them. And if you can put that as a resource, that would be great.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll put a bunch of stuff that we talk about today on the resource. In fact, I want to put the megaphone of Main Street survey that you do. So this got my attention. And, and one of the reasons I, I reached out to you for the podcast. So you have this megaphone of Main Street uh, survey. You've been doing it since 2018. And I know you do it twice a year. So I recently read the would be, it would be the sixth edition or right of the Megaphone of Main Street report. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? So, how how did you come to start in 2018 and what do you use it for?
1: Sure. So, with our Megaphone of Main Street, we realized that our SCORE mentors and the people that work with SCORE, we are talking to and interacting with hundreds of thousands of small business owners each year. Mm-hmm. And As this organization who really has a pulse on what is happening with small businesses, what are their challenges, what's working for them, we wanted to be that megaphone of their voice to help others who are looking to help small business owners see what are the challenges, what are the struggles, and what's working, and help bring that voice to others so that we can help address their problems and help to see what we as a country can do to you know, make their lives easier and help them achieve their dreams.
0: And I couldn't applaud you more for that, especially in the pandemic, because there were millions of businesses trying to figure out how do I navigate uncharted waters? I'm a, I'm a restaurant in New Jersey. What, what are restaurants around the country doing? You know, how are they navigating these obstacles and challenges every day, right?
1: It has turned everything upside down and inside out. Yeah. And one of the great things is that as mentors, which are guides, right? We, we walk beside the small business owners to help them navigate the pitfalls figure out the best ways to utilize funds. And when the pandemic hit, we all were facing something that was unprecedented. So everything from, okay, now people can't come into my restaurant. So what do I do and how do I reach my customers to, there are these new loan options out there. Should I apply for them? If I should, how do I apply for them? If I get the money, what should I do with that money? If I don't get the money, what are my options? And these are things that, Score was able to, you know, we we have the experts, we have people who know those things and cut through the noise to help small business owners figure out what the right next step for them is. And one of the great things, you know, you mentioned our businesses started and jobs created. One of the things I am most proud of Score for is that during 2020, when the pandemic had first hit, Score mentors were able to help 82% of existing businesses stay in business. And Wow. All the business is shutting down. That was a really, you know, that was a really big success for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And you know, that's the thing that, that, you know, I know the network that you have personally have a lot of the people that I know, and I, I, I see how you utilize your resources and, and, and kind of, it was almost like score becomes this conduit, like, okay, you need help with financing. Let's let's find somebody, you know, either internally or externally who can help you. You need help with technology. You need help with working with a remote workforce. And so it was you were very much in that problem-solving mode.
1: Exactly. And one of the things you you hit the nail on the head, score is a network. So you we have those 250 chapters who understand the communities they serve. And no matter where small business owners are in the country, SCORE can get you to that right resource. You don't have to be in New Jersey to access New Jersey SCORE people. You can be in New Jersey and access people in Texas and in Washington State and all over the country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's really powerful because you may have a unique challenge. Believe it or not, you know, there are some people who are going to be starting businesses or have questions that may be so unique. Then you say, you know what? I don't have the answer, but I think I know somebody who may. Which exactly. is exactly, and which
1: that's where our partners come in too. You know, we have ten thousand experts, and we have these great connections to, like you said, financial experts and um, other organizations that are providing those tools and resources, and we bring them together in one central space to make it easier.
0: So, looking at the megaphone of Main Street study. Um, it, it comes in three parts, right? So there are three. And now, have those three parts been the same each year, or do they are they determined by what the trends are and what kind of the state of the small business you know marketplace is?
1: It's the megaphone of Main Street. It's really about what small business owners are telling us. So okay. we don't dictate the theme. It's whatever the biggest topic or points of of information are for the people we are trying to serve. And of course, in this one, in the fall, the biggest challenge we heard, you know, far and wide were employment and how to Mm. attract and retain employees for small businesses.
0: And and what did you what did you find out? So that's interesting. And that's not surprising. Right. I think labor shortage for business owners, huge. And then probably, you know, supply chain and, and um, inflation, right? Dealing with my rising variable costs, it's like playing whack-a-mole, you know, trying to hit down the costs and they just keep popping up.
1: It's so true. And what's interesting, you know, you said SCORE has been around since 1964. Some of the topics tend to be the same year over year. Mm-hmm. How do I get financing and how do I attract clients? Those are year over year, the number one and two questions we see. Mm-hmm. until now now the number one concern and question small business owners are asking our mentors are about employment mm-hmm. how do i you know how do i get my my labor force back um, what are things i can do to attract them how do i afford this with all of the, the things yeah. going on and then that is coupled by exactly what you mentioned the supply chain challenges that we're seeing can we even bring employees back when we don't have the supplies to sell our products in a way that's going to you know raise profits
0: yeah yeah so what did what, so what were some of the findings on on the the employee issues in the fall report that you kind of Were there any that surprised you or what were the most common points and and struggles?
1: Well, today in this environment, some of the key points are how pervasive this problem is. 90% of the business owners in this survey said, hiring new employees is difficult for them, Mm -hmm. 90%. I mean, that's huge. So when you then take it to the next level, okay, what do you do to figure this out? Well, at least, you know, 60 or more percent of people feel pressure to increase wages. 70% feel that they need to look at their healthcare benefits in order to, again, attract or retain those employees. And what SCORE does is we, we look at the whole picture, right? So it's not just about financial, but we can look at, what are other benefits to employees? Is it to work remotely? Is corporate social responsibility something that matters to the people that you're looking to attract? Um, what about other potential employees like the gig economy and freelancers? Is that a better opportunity for your business short term so you can keep the doors open while you build back?
0: Yeah. And and you know what? Those are all serious options that, you know, could have um, a, really adverse effect on your business. You know, so if you say okay and you have that knee jerk reaction, say, I'm just going to raise wages to bring these people back because that seems to be the easiest and fastest way. So I'm going to pay everybody, you know, I was paying them 10 bucks an hour, I'll pay them 15. I'll pay them 18 to just to get them back and it's like you're putting out a fire. I always say you're putting out a fire on your rear end because you just you want to you want to get rid of the pain. But what you don't realize is that, okay, so you have, you know, 20 or 30 employees and you are hiring them all back and they're all going to get these increased wages. But by the way, you know, your your supply chain, your variable costs, everything has gone up 20 to 200 percent. And now you don't have enough inventory to sell to even cover. And and you're afraid of raising your rates or your prices, right? Because, you know, if you're a restaurant, that $20 chicken dish now needs to become $28 to $30 to cover all your increased costs. costs. But who's going to buy that dish at $30?
1: I was out to lunch today at our local deli, and he was sharing with me that the cost of a a a box of crabs was $100, it's now $400. So a crab cake at a local restaurant is now $43. And those are things that you're exactly right. Whatever the small business owner decides is best for their employees in that strategy, we will help to figure out, but you have to think about everything else. Do you need to figure out where else to cut costs then? Or what do you need to sell? And what are your cash flow projections in order to make those numbers and still keep your doors open? Are there other areas? Maybe it's not just wages. Maybe it is in benefits or other flexibility to make sure that you're meeting your employees needs Um, and really taking that step back and looking at the whole picture.
0: Yeah. The non-monetary benefits are great because they don't cost you money. Right. So you say to people, I'll let you work from home. If that's important to you, I'll let you work from home. Um, I may need to even you know, upgrade your computer or something and, and make sure that we have the best you know, cybersecurity uh, software so that, um, you know, we don't have any issues. Or maybe we upgrade Wi-Fi to make sure that it's uh, that it's you know, you have a, a good connection. Um, but, you know, the other thing you mentioned um, for small business owners is automation. You know, so how many what do you have a sense of of what percent of business owners are looking at automation to say look, I don't have the employees but I'm being introduced to this technology. We're seeing stuff like, you know, in big businesses you're seeing the the robots, right, that can scan inventory, that can stock shelves, um, self-checkout I mean, when you think about everyday lives as consumers, it's amazing how much AI has already been introduced into our daily lives, right? And we've
1: seen that so many businesses have had to adapt that with, um, you know, Mm. uh, touchless checkout, like you said, self-checkout or Mm. e-commerce in general. I mean, being able to order things online and not having to go to whatever retail place there may be, it's been a huge shift and business owners do need to figure out which parts are important for the business to sustain that personal interaction because there are plenty of businesses out there that need that. And then which parts can you automate? And when you do that, not just can Mm -hmm. you automate it, but how are you going to do that? Are you going to bring in an outside expert to do that? Are you going to try to do it in-house? What are those annual costs? Because it's not just investing in you know, hardware right now, but it's in software and those softwares have licenses sometimes year over year. So are you planning for the long term, not just the short term?
0: One of the reasons that people need to reach out to SCORE, right, is that you have questions, SCORE has the answers, and that you can look at different options, whether you can outsource it. You know, somebody could come in and say, look, we can provide you with, you know, outsourcing all of the back end of your businesses, uh, right? Your business that, that we can run for you. You know, I, I say all the time that it's the expression I once saw, I think it was on a pizza box, Uh, but it was, you know, do what you do best and outsource the rest or, or something like that. And I thought, you know what? Absolutely brilliant. So if you're a plumber, hire more plumbers, Higher revenue generators. And if you have issues finding people to run the back end, your marketing, your you know, assistant administration, your business administration, whatever it is, you can outsource that. There are plenty of companies that will be happy to take you on as a client.
1: And one of the things that you, you said, you know, people have questions and Squirt can help answer it. One of the things we find that when business owners come to us, I mean, the plumber is a great example. Plumbers are experts at that. And some of them may also have great backend skills, um, but you don't have to be an expert at everything about running a business. Right, And you may think, I need to hire more people and the only way I'm going to do that like you said is to raise wages. Well, come to score and let us help you look at all of the options because the question or the problem you're facing might not actually be the problem that needs to be solved right now. We can help you look at things from a different perspective and help you, you know, leverage your strengths mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, you're 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 not having any blind spots and that you mm-hmm. really do see all of the resources out there so you can do the best for your business and what your goals are.
0: Yeah, I think it was, and again, I could be totally wrong because my brain's always so scrambled, but I think it was Jack Welch or it may have been his wife, Susie, who said, you know, um, apply the 10-10-10 rule to any obstacles in front of you. You know, is this a is this a, an obstacle that requires like a 10-minute response or a 10-month response or a 10-year response? Yes. You know, so don't apply a 10 minute response to a 10 year problem, you know, and and and, and so when you look at the obstacles, is it short term, midterm or long term? You know, you don't want to make you don't want to make a long term investment for something that could have been easily handled with a short term solution. Right. That- and
1: you also don't necessarily small business owners can feel like they need to make those decisions on their own and might not be able to understand that it's not a 10-year solution. It's a 10-month solution or 10 weeks. And so, again, just stepping away as hard as that is because, gosh, small business owners work so hard, and it can feel really daunting to take a step back to look at that long-term because they are just in the day-to-day. But when you can take the time to step back and work on those longer-term things, it will help you avoid some of the shorter-term problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things too in in the report that I saw, and and then uh, um, in in general in conversations, is the difference understanding the difference between hiring new employees and retaining the existing ones. Mm-hmm. People are so focused on oh, I've got to bring on more employees. Maybe it's seasonal help or it's it's. Um, you, you know, I've got, I've, I've lost some employees to various reasons. I got to bring new ones on. And I said, well, what about your existing employees? And they say, well, what about them?
1: I. It's such a good point. And, you know, I've heard people refer to this time as the great resignation. Mm-hmm. And when you think about how a small business owner deals with their customers, right, it is a lot easier or it's a lot better financially to retain your existing customers than it is to go out and find new customers. Yes, The same thing applies to employees as long as they're performing, of course. And so thinking about things like professional training and development, Mm -hmm. or again, those remote work options, or maybe there is a funding opportunity that's available to help with that short-term gap. Um, you know, there are not just loans, there are grants, there are, you know, other crowdsourcing options that may help you get over that gap. Um, but paying attention to your existing workforce and making sure that they feel valued and are recognized for their work. I mean, even just recognition. Thank yous go a very long way. Yes. Even though it is a very simple thing to do. Yes.
0: Yes. I love it. you're you're 100 percent right. And you know, if Barbara Weltman were on this podcast, she would talk about the employee tax retention credit, which is available to employers. So there's an incentive. I want to say it's up to like seven or eight thousand dollars per quarter per employee. So there's a financial incentive to retain your existing employees.
1: Exactly. And and small business owners may not know all of these things because there are a ton of things out there. And If if you do take a step back and and look at that whole picture again, um, we can find creative solutions to the problem.
0: Yes, yes. And you know what? I would say talk to those employees, talk to your existing employees and say, how are you doing? You you know, you can't you can't have these conversations. You can't go half in on them. You know, you can't. You can't just say, okay, how are you doing? Oh, you're dealing with that. Oh, that's really horrible. And then you you say, all right, I'm sorry. I got a two o'clock call. You know, there's a whole mental health, you know, side of, you know, business today. That's it's being addressed in in some companies, but it's not being addressed in every company. So it's, you know, the woman who has um, childcare issues at home, um, You know, for whatever reason, she has been designated as the person to deal with this problem, not the husband. And and, you know, she's trying to do she's trying to raise a family and keep her home life in, in order and do her job.
1: It has, I mean, childcare has been such a challenge and even just extending it to family care. I mean, a lot of people are now the person who's responsible for taking care of their aging parent. And yeah. knowing that and understanding where your employees are, we've done it at SCORE. We, we ask our employees every year, you know, what's working for you and what are areas for improvement? We get that feedback and then we make a plan to address it. And every year we should be continuing to see And having those discussions, but seeing action. It's like you said, it's one thing to ask the question. If you're going to ask the questions, be ready to take action.
0: Yes. Yes. Because that's going in. That's going all in. That's saying to yourself, okay, there has been this thick line between business and personal life for years, right? You come into work nine to five. I don't care what you do on your own, but you bring me 100% you know, productivity when you're in my office. And now that's all been, you know, that's in part led to the great resignation because people talk to each other and they say, oh, how's work going for you? Well, it's actually going pretty well. You know, my my boss asked me about what's going on and I told him my issues that I was having at home with, you know, my kids and homeschooling and, uh, you know, and how crazy it's been. And he he listened and or she listened and she said, you know what? Um, let's do this. Let's do this so that, it, you know, it, it kind of eases your burden. I can shift some responsibilities off of you for now to help you. And the other one looks at her and says, what am I doing in my job? You know, I get none of that. And so I think that when we talk about retaining and hiring employees, listening is, has to be number one, you know, Right? And they
1: also know your your customers. They understand what you're trying to do. One of the things I think, not just listening to them about their personal, but involving them in the business decisions to the extent that you can. Talking about the direction you want to take the business. Do they have ideas? Yes. Some of the great new ideas from business owners come from the employees, and it can take you to the next level.
0: Yes. that these are, Wow. Wow. That is, I hope everybody who's listening right now is writing down what Bridget is saying, because she knows better than most in terms of what works and what doesn't and how to get creative when not only hiring, listen, hiring new employees won't be a problem if you have actively engaged employees who will be your ambassadors, Right. So you'd say to your employees, look, we have 22 people who work here. We have the capacity to have 35 people. I want everybody, if you love what you do and you believe in this company, you think we have a great culture. I need everybody to bring in one new employee and I'll pay you each a bonus, you know, for for bringing them in. Bring somebody in who you think will embrace our culture. I'm looking for diversity. Because I want to cover all of the angles of our business, from gender to race to ethnicity to sexual orientation. I want uh, our employees to represent our target audience. And maybe we're not doing that completely. So, incent your employees to go out and find new employees and people who would work at the company who would embrace it the same way they did.
1: Well, and I think you brought up such a good point. I love that idea. And the the referral program is, is brilliant. And you brought up a good point about culture. And can you as a business owner define what your culture is? Is your culture, what your stated culture, is it matching your actions? And thinking about that and making sure your employees feel that your culture is the same as you believe it is, that would be a great exercise to make sure that you're aligned with the employees that you're looking to retain.
0: Yeah. And, and so you bring. So here's here's an interesting question or case. You know, what if in talking to your employees, you find out that there's one bad apple, that there is somebody who is consistently a thorn in the side of your progress? They're condescending. They're belittling, you know, that all of the negative attributes that you are trying to avoid and, and they are actively disengaged in the company. And you say, I don't know how that person still works here, because if the boss saw that they would fire him on the spot, but then people tell you and, and enough people tell you it puts you in a position where, you know what? I can get rid of that person, but then, you know, I'm trying to bring in more people and that, that just puts me further back. Do, so. The question is, do you fire them and say, okay, I need I realize I need to take one step back in order to take three steps forward.
1: Well, I really think in that situation, you need to look at what's best for the entire organization. I I think that the first step would be to be very clear with that disengaged employee what your expectations are mm-hmm. and give them an opportunity to turn things around. But it needs to be in writing. It needs to have clear goals with with time, you know, t- time sensitive things and and give them the help that they would need to try to meet those goals. If they are not able to do that, you really need to consider how it will affect the entire organization. Keeping that person who is tainting the entire culture will have detrimental effects, not just on them, but on on your fellow employees. And you may lose fantastic workers because they feel that it is not fair to keep that person on. So once you've seen that they can't meet your expectations, it is my opinion that it is best to be swift and quick and transparent about what is happening. And I think that for the most part, your existing employees will be grateful mm-hmm. that you took action and showed what you will not tolerate.
0: Yeah, and the same thing applies for customers. You know, sometimes you have that overbearing customer who, although they bring in revenue and you know, maybe it's even a lot of revenue, maybe they see that as an opportunity there where they can be a bully. You know, we've all had that situation. I've heard some great stories uh, from companies who fired their largest customer and they wound up, you know, tripling their business over the next three years because other companies came in and said, wow, you fired that company. And, and you know, that's we want to do business with you. You know, that's that's where they said our employees come first. And then the employees are singing your praises.
1: There are reasons to fire customers. And it is worth looking at how it affects the bottom line, how it affects morale, what are you missing out on from opportunities Mm -hmm. because you have this dominating customer. And when you can ask those questions, it feels scary at first because it feels like, I don't want to lose this revenue. But when you look at it as, again, that big picture, and you can see the potential opportunity, like like you said with that example, I mean, things can really grow to a new level if you're willing to take that on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think the biggest takeaway from this podcast is, do you, as a business owner and a leader, have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in your company, with your customers, and in your entire ecosystem, and and do a self-assessment, and then have other people do an assessment on you and for you, because I think the more clarity you can get In, you know, in painting a 360 degree view of your world, you'll see where the holes are, the cracks are in the foundation. And 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 I think you can make the right move when it comes to retaining your employees, retaining maybe some or all of your employees and then bringing in new ones and how you bring them in.
1: Absolutely. That self-assessment is a great way to put it. And in order to do that, you do need to pick your head up and talk to people, talk to your employees, talk to your customers, talk to other small business owners, and of course, talk to a SCORE mentor or someone who's a trusted advisor to get that full picture.
0: I love it. All right, let's do this, Bridget, because we're kind of in the home stretch now of a very productive podcast, one that I think our listeners are going to love. Tell me how Um, people can get in touch with you or how people can get in touch with SCORE. What's the best way?
1: The best way to do that is to go to www.score.org. There you can find mentors, resources, our megaphone of Main Street, and you can contact our staff as well.
0: And they can sign up for your newsletter?
1: They can. Our newsletter, you can follow us on social media. Everything is right there.
0: Right. And I'll have all of that listed in in the resource page. So we'll do that. This has been fantastic. I want to do this again in the first quarter of 2022. I want to have another conversation with you. And when does your next uh, edition of the Megaphone of Main Street come out?
1: It'll come out in the spring. So we, we can set something up for early in 22.
0: Well, what I'd love to do is actually do something before Great. and then we'll do something after. And, and, kinda, and I'll make predictions and you can make predictions and then we'll see who's right and who's wrong.
1: That sounds good.
0: I like it. All right. Bridget, thank you. Uh, You have been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. And my guest today is uh, Bridget Weston, the CEO of SCORE. She has done a phenomenal job in her 10 years there. And I'm thrilled to call her a friend and a business partner. And uh, I appreciate all of the work that she and all of uh, SCORE's volunteers do uh, to help us small business owners and entrepreneurs start, manage, and grow our companies. So Bridget, thank you. On behalf of all of the business owners in America.
1: Brian, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure. And I look forward to next time.
0: All right, everybody. Keep those questions coming. Keep the feedback coming. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Tell me who uh, you'd like to see on the next uh, edition of the Small Business Edge podcast. In the meantime, have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com for a listing of future podcasts.